0: Hey, thank you so much for joining us online at Venue Church for another inspirational message from Pastor Corey Go. Co.
1: If you were impacted by this message in any way, we would love it if you would share it with your friends online.
0: Yeah, real boats rock. Um, we're taking a break on our science suffering and other problems with with God series. Bring your friends next week to that. Um, If you grew up in church, all these things may be self-evident to you, but if you have a friend here who's unchurched, life will start to make sense a little bit more. Um, But this is our Mother's Day panel here, and I wanted to intro this entire Mother's Day here to say that we're celebrating not just moms, but we're celebrating uh, women. Are we allowed to do that? We're going to celebrate women. Are we allowed to do that? I feel like there was only girls. Like guys, cue. I'm handing it to you on a plate here. But what I want to do is we want to celebrate moms, and and Mother's Day can mean a lot for a lot of different people. Um, Some of us, some of you couldn't have kids. Some of you experienced loss. Some of you have lost your mom. Um, Whether you have kids or not, you do have a mom, or maybe you don't have a mom anymore. So wherever it lands for you, what I want to say is that at Venue Church here in honoring mom we're honoring the role of mom but we're also we're we're working the way that god wants us to do in community with each other because it takes a village to raise a That's child right. yeah. and so what i want you to do today is is if you've been sitting on the on the on the you know on the bench I want you to rise up as the woman that God has called you to be and and we want to support you and get you into your destiny and into your calling no matter what your story is no matter what kind of pain this brings to you this season or joys or anything else I mean some of you couldn't have kids some of you have kids that you wish you didn't have (laughs) my own mom is on this panel so it's going to get get real pretty quick here (laughs) but what I want you to do is understand like it's time to get off the bench and get in the game and it's time to get off the bench and help somebody raise their kids and raise their kids in the fear of God because they need you as their church family and if you're watching online somebody needs you someplace and so if you if you even if you're in your situation it's not ideally what you wanted maybe you have more time than somebody has and why not get involved you can find the good in every situation and you can find the bad let's find the good and start working towards something becoming better people and we are going to help you and all the men can I hear an amen men we are going to help you get into your destiny it is not a man's world because there are no that was terrible that
2: was feeble Uh, (laughs) men if
0: my mom comes down there you will men you will regret that we are going to help men we are going to help women find their destiny in Christ better slightly better slightly slightly better um Welcome to husbands, kids, and other problems. We're not really talking about other problems or husbands today. Um, (laughs) That's what we think. Oh, well, maybe not. I I carefully screened the questions. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. It's funny that my, my, my mom helped me transition things and helped me to understand how to talk to people. And even with my dad... And I don't know if you grew up with a dad or or not... Or if a man's in the picture or not... But even with my dad... What my mom did was... She helped me to understand my dad... I remember one time she said to me... And helped me understand people in general... She said... She said... Son... Your dad gets very focused... On some things... So if you try to interrupt his train of thought... Right in the middle of that... Like it's really hard for him to cut loose and to come... So she said... What you need to do... Is what I learned a long time ago... She said... You need to say, hey dad, when you have a minute, can you come and talk to me about this thing? And then she said, you'll get his full attention when he comes over. But if you try to break into what he's doing right now, that's just the way my dad was. But it's interesting that my mom was kind of the oil in the machine. And I feel like moms are kind of, that's your expected role in life is to be the oil in the machine. Just to kind of make sure that everybody's okay and everybody's heart is okay. Yeah. And I think that it's time that we appreciate that more and help you do that even more. In John chapter fourteen, I want to just open with a text of Scripture before we in, uh, begin our interviews uh, here today. And John fourteen says this, and I'll explain it in a minute. Jesus is speaking: "If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Advocate." Now listen to this: which that word means helper. He's speaking of the Holy Spirit here. Another: is there a fly buzzing around?
2: Yeah, there is.
0: That. <sighs> Things that I hate in this lifetime: <laughs> devil flies. All right. Is it landing on me? Yeah, it's
1: gone.
0: Okay, is it gone? All right. I'm back. He will give you another advocate, a helper, a paracletos, an advisor, a legal defender, a mediator, an intercessor, a comforter, consolation who will never leave you. Now, if you didn't know who I was talking about, you'd think that he was talking about your mom. Wouldn't you? Listen to the role of the Holy Spirit. In the Godhead and in the Trinity. Because the Holy Spirit, if if any part of the Godhead is kind of the mom of the situation, it's, I'm going to mess your theological brains up right now, but it's the Holy Spirit. Huh. The Holy Spirit, listen, listen, As a, Jesus is saying he's the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him. Now, now... Don't get hung up in like the the him, her part of that. Don't get hung up in that. Um, He's the Holy Spirit who leads you into truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and He will remind you of everything that I have told you. And then Romans 8 and 26 says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And that might explain the role of a mother in your life as well. Deeply compassionate for children. I think that and I hate to say it I, but I think it's true I think there's a way more good moms out there than good dads out there I don't know what it is that God put inside of you but you represent the Holy Spirit to us and, and as you as you you transition your children into what well, you don't want to be as God to them but as you transition your children into a relationship with God you know if, if you didn't have a good father you see God kind of the way that you saw your father and so you need to overcome that but, but isn't the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives kind of like what our moms do and when, and when moms show us how God the Father thinks And how He speaks and what He means And the context that you can talk to Him in You start to understand that when Jesus is saying certain things You're like, you have the Holy Spirit there Who can comfort you, can warm your heart And be like, oh no, but He said that But this is really what it means And isn't this good, and isn't this encouraging And don't you want to do this? And, and that's what my mom did for me And I think that that's maybe what your mom did for you I've already done all the other stuff I was going to do. But what I want you to do today, no matter... You might be a little boy and your mom sitting up on stage, or maybe your mom's not in the picture, but maybe you're a person here without kids, or your kids are grown, or whatever, or you've lost a child. No matter who you are, what I do want you to do, and I've said it, and I'm going to say it again, I want you to get off the bench, and I want you to get on the field. Because we need to help and support moms. And I think sometimes what happens is we're waiting for God to fulfill our destiny, but don't you know that you'll never find your destiny without helping somebody else to find theirs. And so I want you to think of a mom in your life this week that you're going to start helping and be a little more intentional about encouraging. And Hey, you know what? I think you're a great mom. I I know your kids drive you crazy in the grocery store, but you're so patient and you're so this and you're so, Hey, (laughs) let me take your kids while you go for coffee or sleep. You want to sleep? I'll take your kids. We'll go, we'll go to the park. Or, I mean, what can you do to help and support a mom? Because it is a 24-hour ridiculous job <laughs> with no pay. <laughs> So what I want to do here Is I kind of want to go through um, I'm just going to ask questions As we just kind of roll across And I wanted you to, to get the different flavors Of the different uh, moms Of the different women represented here in their families And I want you to really see your story in their story But also what I want you to do Is let them challenge you In your thinking So that you can become a better person No matter who you are today So I'm going to start with my mom here Which is risky <laughs>
2: Oh come on, take a chance <laughs>
0: take a chance on me. <laughs> I just lost all my notes and so now I've got to do this in this way. What I'm going to do is ask uh, um, each of the women up here um, just uh, uh, first here to describe who you mother.
2: Okay, so I mother two grown sons. <clears throat> sort of grown up. Supposed to be. Um, Easy and, enough. Yeah, and uh, so that's a whole a very different thing than uh, little kids in the house all the time. And Hopefully, I, um, I'm also a spiritual mother to some of you. So.
0: Awesome. Now, Nassia, who do you mother?
1: Alright, so Sean yeah, and I next. have three little girls. We have Keelan, who's basically like parenting myself in a smaller version. She's strong-headed and independent. Tonight, How's it working little for girl. You? Um, It's like payback time. <laughs> and then we have Elwyn, who if she didn't exist, we basically would forget to snuggle ever she's the most everything with elwyn has a feeling attached and so she's three years old keelan's six years old and then we have Aubryn, who's the bam bam of the family also kind of like having a tiny lion cub living in the house and so she's a very wild and fierce tiny person
0: that was awesome pastor Aaron. come on can you give my wife yeah. oh yeah. sorry we'll do that. yeah who likes these boots
3: before i picked them out
0: I helped her pick those out. True story. I know, it's shock, right? Yeah. Who, do you, who do you mother?
3: Like, besides you. <laughs> Not that your mom didn't do a good job, but she doesn't live with us now, so. <laughs> but that could be beneficial maybe. Anyhow, I have four of the most amazing daughters. Arwen is 15, Aelish is 13, Katie is 11, and Nila is nine. And uh, each one of them is completely unique, and crazy, and loving, and I am so grateful to be a part of their lives.
0: <laughs> I was going to draw a picture on there of you, but it, would not, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't look like you. Renee, who do you, who do you mother?
4: Uh, I mother Kaylee, who is 10, and she is so creative, spunky, independent, and an absolute leader. And Emerson, who is eight, and he is the most helpful, gentlemanly man almost that I've ever met. He's, he thinks about things that, that most of us don't even think about. And uh, Sophia, who is five, and she just has such a big heart and the most beautiful smile.
0: Yeah. All right, and Crystal. I got Crystal on stage, which in itself was a work of the Holy Spirit. So she's normally behind the scenes now. All of these, all of these gals are on our our volunteer teams, and they do a terrific job. But Chris, like, is this your first time on stage where, where people are out there and all the lights yeah, are out? Yeah. pretty bright, right? Yeah, I <laughs> I love it. So, who, who do you mother?
5: Um, so my husband Quinn and I, we mother, <laughs> we mother and parent, <laughs> 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 um, two teenagers. <laughs> Stop it. Um, <laughs> I
0: didn't say nothing. I just.
5: Uh, We've got Alyssa, who's 16, and Tyler is 14, and I'm actually loving the teenage years. They're lots of fun.
0: Yeah, and that's the interesting thing you say. You know, if you do the work when your kids are young, but listen, um, if you didn't have great parents, or you don't know how to discipline kids, or raise kids, or, like, how would you know? Why don't you talk to somebody who's doing pretty good in the teenage, you know, with the teenage years, and have kids in the teenage years that don't drive you crazy? I think that's a good idea. Nobody else? You can figure it out yourself if you want an experiment on your kids. so, now, Mom, um, who's your most challenging child and why? And, um, and how is drama handled in our, in our home?
2: <laughs> oh, drama? Now, <clears throat> what drama? Yeah, yeah, I
4: see, I see. Just, just okay, so this is probably, probably
2: the easiest question I've ever had to answer in my entire life. That includes lots of university and exams and everything. So the, uh, that would be uh, the most challenging son I had was uh... Cory here. Yeah, which is a big surprise to some of you, but you'll get over it. Um, so the Cory that you've come to know and love, Pastor Cory, <laughs> he was pretty much the same as a toddler. Wildly imaginative. Didn't need much sleep. Challenging boundaries. Why, why, why? Predictably unpredictable. Tons of energy. Zest for life. Acted out emotions. But he was respectful of our authority, but still all the time, why, why, why? Uh, Black and white, right or wrong, uh, 100% passionate. And so, you know, gee, that sounds kind of good when I read it. But when I was actually in the middle of it, it was quite challenging. (laughs) Yeah, and so we would butt heads because we can be kind of the same. And when we're both acting out, that would be the drama. And then thankfully... His dad, my husband, Richard, um, was the calm, cool-headed one, so I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, so, oh seriously.
0: So how, how was drama h- handled in our home? I think that, don't you, aren't you kind of curious how, how drama was handled in our home growing up? Because, I don't know, I didn't think that there was whole piles of it, but, what, but how, did, how did you guys handle drama?
2: How did we handle drama? Um, well, yeah, can I say something else first?
0: I'm not allowed to say no, as Mother's Day. Okay, Go for
2: it. so I just wanted to say, um, as a young mom, I was insecure as a, as a person. And I looked to my son's behavior to validate me as a person. Uh, so that... I'm, le- sorry. I'm
0: sorry about that. Yeah,
2: that led to image problems, you know, so I wanted them to, you know, to make me look like a good mom in public. So, of course, Corey never went along with that. <laughs> um, and it, so that didn't really work for me, and that was good. Because that, that wasn't a good thing. Um, it helps to be, I just want to encourage you, and uh, if this is a challenge, it's never too late to start working on it. It helps to be secure in yourself as a person. This also relates to the drama. So you don't need your child's affirmation. Because that is not their job.
0: Write that down. Come Way on, that too is
2: much good. pressure on the child to affirm you as a person. Yeah. So okay? good. You're supposed to be doing that for them. Um, and they will manipulate you emotionally if you let
0: them. Whoa, whoa!
2: <laughs> so, yeah, the boys would, uh, they would, you know, maybe try some of that with me. And sometimes they were more successful than other times. But they knew they couldn't manipulate their dad. And so that helped me. And I, I learned from that. Because I basically grew up in a house that was drama, drama, drama. And I, I, I didn't like it, so... Um, we were really strict about, about um, their choices and the consequences of those choices. That's so good, yeah. Um, from an early age. And so um, it's, it's just really important that, like Richard and I together, we would just talk about the behaviors that we expected from the boys and, and we would explain that to them specifically. And, um, and there are rewards for, for um, doing what you're supposed to do. And then there were co- other consequences for not doing what you were supposed to do. And so I think it's important if the kids understand what those are specifically, the re- and, and the rewards and the punishments, because everybody needs something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then follow through consistently. And that was one part where, like, for avoiding drama, that's where I really leaned on Richard, because I could sometimes, if I felt um, like for colors i 'm orange blue, so if i if I was happier or if I felt you know feeling really lenient that day, I could give way but but Richard was consistent, and that was so important, so they knew that um this is this is what's expected, and this is 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 what can happen if if you um are defiant i mean there's there's kids acting out and there's kids being kids, and then there's defiance defiance well, has good. to be dealt with
0: yeah. that is yeah. so good
2: and you know are
0: you answering all the questions right now no. Oh, that's the first one. Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. Just need to um, get,
0: like, moving right.
2: Along. So moving, moving right along. Um, I'm just, I just wanted to say that it might sound to you like a long process to do, but if you, if you take the time to do that, what I just explained, it just beats nagging, yelling, throwing. Things. So
0: good. That is so good. <laughs> and I will say this. I will say this. Discipline, discipline in our home was about the child. It wasn't about their mood, mom and dad's mood, and, and that was a powerful thing. Like, hey, I guess you decided that you, did, you wanted this privilege removed from you because you did this thing. Oh, that's super empowering for a child, so I, I love that. Now, Nastya, um, what stage of life is your family in?
1: Okay, so we have three amazing kids, but and they're all very little. So we have three amazing tiny people in our house.
0: You're busy.
1: And, uh, we. My husband and I both work full time, and we feel like we probably haven't slept in just about seven years. So that's our current stage of life. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, you that is true. Come on, you give remember. it up.
0: That is a busy stage of life, man. You don't sleep.
1: So my husband and I were talking before we came here, and we were talking about our time and how it feels like we don't have a whole lot of it right now, and when we do, we try and spend it with our kids. And so it came down to the conversation about small groups, why we host small groups, and um, why we choose to volunteer in spite of the fact that we're both, and all of us as a family, are quite busy and quite protective of our time. But we choose to do it, because it's worth it to us, it's a priority of ours, and so we choose to invest into people on a weekly basis, and we love it, yeah. and our small group is obviously so. the best one, so, and is also, yeah. I have, <laughs> oh my just kidding. So, and also volunteering is a huge um, thing that we value in our family, and so yeah. that's something that we've implemented into our stage of life in spite of the yeah. fact that we are very and busy. that's
0: really good, and listen, listen, it's family time when they volunteer together. Yeah, like
1: Actually, I have so, that written down. You're probably do you, reading my notes. Well, Volunteering maybe I
0: did. I just thought that you should. As a
1: family, is quality family time. And Sean and I were actually just talking about that ahead of time how many great memories we've had as we've done things together. And Keelan here is on the volunteer team that she helps is. set up ahead of time. Every and single down. week,
0: she's on the volunteer team. Does a terrific job. I love that. Thanks, Nastia. Right. And the mic, the mic swap over. Um, Pastor Aaron, describe your uh, home situation growing up.
3: So growing up, I grew up on a farm. I was a farm girl and I love, love, loved it. But when I was about eight years old, my parents got divorced and I moved with my mom and my sister into the city, which was a really big switch. So I know what it's like to live with a single mom. Um, my dad was not really involved in our lives. He loved me, but he wasn't present and he, wasn't, uh, he was very passive in our lives. So I only saw him a couple times a year. Um, my mom worked really, really hard to take care of us. I know what it's like for all you single moms out there because I remember watching her. She just worked and worked and worked to take care of us and to provide for us and to give us kind of everything that she could. Um, in the meantime, though, she w- she was having a hard time even processing what was going on in her own life and emotions, so there was that gap in our lives. Um, even though I did know my dad loved me, uh, it was my mom, my sis and me for most of it, uh, just the three girls. So. When I met Corey, uh, he's a pretty strong male personality, and it was what I wanted. But it was also a really big adjustment in my life. Um, hard to figure out how to work with a man who, um, without the drama, because his mom took care of it, I guess, when he was little, and uh, and the emotional manipulation and stuff that I was kind of used to in my household. So yeah, it was a big, a big change when I met Pastor Corey. But uh, that's kind of the background of of what I grew
0: up in. It was different. I came from like a guy home and she came from a girl home. And so I remember one time she asked my opinion about something. I'm like, well, you should do this. And then she started arguing with me about it. I'm like, well, I thought you wanted to know what you should do, but... (laughs) Uh, anyways, but it was quite an adjustment, but she's done a terrific job adjusting to that. You know, it's funny, sometimes God gives you what you want, but then you find it's a massive adjustment.
5: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, oh, oh my goodness, you know, uh, now I actually have to, you know, do something, and wow. Yeah,
3: and the other thing was that my mom was really busy working, and we weren't that involved in church life. I mm. just became a Christian around that time, and so she started taking us to church, but it took a few years before we even built any relationships there, but... In my teenage years, there were men in the church that kind of stepped in to kind of be like a dad to me. And that's what I love about Venue is that um, no matter what stage you're at, there's people that can kind of fill in the gaps of your lives and your kids' lives. That's
0: so good. (laughs) Seek these conversations out. People are busy, but seek them out. You see a good dad in the church, like, hey... We can we'll help. We'd love to help. You know, we don't want we don't want anybody to be missing something. It's a family and it's a village and that's really good. All right, thank you. Renee, uh, what's what's one thing about each of your children that makes you smile? And one thing about each of your children that makes you like the opposite of smile? <laughs> just just one thing. We don't have all day.
4: Okay, so <laughs> I have a You're Amazing Mom sign at me too. So, if, you're just,
0: okay. if you're just listening online, we the, the, the kids of the mom speaking are holding up signs that saying, You're Amazing Mom. Thanks, Mom. <laughs>
4: yeah, so it was good. pretty fun. Uh, so Kaylee, one thing that makes me smile about Kaylee is that she is an absolute leader and she reminds me of me where she walks into a place and sees something that needs to be done or needs help or whatever and she just like steps in and takes charge. Yeah. One thing that makes me kind of shake my head about that is that she also does that with me. Oh, Kaylee, <laughs> Miss Kaylee. And so anyway, she's an she, absolute awesome leader. Um, Emerson, one thing that makes me smile, oh my goodness, the number one thing that comes to my heart is whenever we pick up my grandma, who is 92 years old, he always goes out to meet her, walks her to the vehicle, opens the door. Oh, so and el- good. Every, I'm so and that's just where his heart always is one thing that makes me shake my head is that he treats his two sisters as though they're brothers <laughs> so there's a little bit of a little bit of extra fighting um, and then sophia our youngest she is, she just has the most the brightest smile and just the sweetest spirit about her she just is she's just so full of joy and yet she is so so stubborn <laughs>
0: That's awesome. All right, uh, Crystal. Um, are you? Here's an interesting question. Are you anything like your mother? And was that hard for you? <laughs> I know her mom. That's why I'm asking.
5: Um, yeah. So I'm nothing like my mother at all. Um, my mom is very bold, and she's kind of adventurous and fearless, and opinionated, and likes to talk a lot. Um, <laughs> She's the kind of person who loves, she loves to help people but she's fine to like get into a super awkward situation and doesn't matter if it's with strangers or whatever and she's always really, um, she always likes to share her faith and she's very very bold about it and sometimes it's interesting. Um, (laughs) And myself, I'm much more of like the quiet person, Um, I don't like awkward and I don't um, like attention and I don't often have a lot to say about something um, um, because I'm that quieter personality I find that um, it's easy to feel like you don't measure up quite often um, especially by kind of more exciting people who kind of expect you to be you know, more bold and have more to say and be more interesting why are you looking over here? <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that even though my mom and I are so totally different she's never ever made me feel like that She she just sort That's of good. Um, invites me along for the adventure, and um, I don't know. I feel confident when I'm with her, and I feel smart, and I feel talented. And she never expects me to be like her at all.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Just to be comfortable in your own skin, I think that's super important. Thanks, Crystal. Hi, i Hi, Mom. Can you not tell the truth about some things right now? <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> There's the truth and the truth. I'm just preparing you for it, and I lost my nose. Um, What was one thing passed on to you from uh, your parents and your family that you didn't want to pass on to your sons?
2: Okay, um, you talk about drama. When I think about my childhood, I think about the old-fashioned pressure cookers. In our house, uh, they actually physically used to explode once in a while, and that mess took a while to clean up, and that's kind of how things were. It was volatile. Uh, I never, ever experienced a disagreement or an argument that ever had a positive outcome. It was just painful, took days to get over, and then there was the next one. So, also I grew up without a godly authority in the home. It was all messed up, and my grandma was mean, and I was scared of her, and that's weird. And so I felt, I never felt safe. I was insecure, I felt unprotected, Mm. and I I had a a spiritual awareness from really young that there's a lot of stuff going on and out there. And I knew that I did not have the capability inside myself to be able to survive. Mm. So I wanted our sons to to grow up feeling uh, secure, feeling safe, knowing that um, they're protected by their parents and and to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ so they knew that they had him on their side. That, that's, so that's what
0: that's so good good. Really and, and what I would say is that conflict in our home wasn't a huge deal because there was always a positive outcome. And so conflict wasn't the enemy in our home. And I love that about, uh, about my mom and, and, you know, she did turn that around. And you can turn, if you've had a bad experience, you can turn that around. You don't have to have the same experience. And I think that's awesome. All right, uh, Nasia, Um What do you reward most in your home, and what do you discourage the most?
1: Okay. Sorry. So what we reward most is honesty, uh, selfless acts, um, when they're doing something for their sisters or for us, something that's just outstanding that's amazing, Um, cheerful attitudes. That's a huge thing yeah, for so us. so important. That's something that Sean is very adamant about, and so I'm grateful for that because nobody in our house is allowed to be moody, including myself, and so it's great. <laughs> Nobody's
0: allowed to be moody? Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: So we also encourage um, giving of our time, our resources, our energy. Um, as we said, that's very important to us, uh, something that we discourage strongly is lying just because lying breaks uh, relationships and that's something i learned from watching pastor cory and aaron's parenting and a tip i picked up from them so lying is a no-go
0: yeah that's so good that was one thing in our home like i remember i lied to dad one time and i got this crushed look <laughs> from my dad and i'm like oh so not cool man so not cool uh, Thanks, thanks that was awesome i'm um, Erin, uh, most people now. I wanted to ask Erin ask this so you could hear it from her. Hearing it from me is one thing, but I want you to hear it from her. Most people don't really know how hard uh, being a pastor's wife is, uh, and you're naturally modest about it. Um, but can you let us in behind the scenes, just, just for a moment, about what that's, what that's like? You want to hear this?
3: <laughs> well, there is a cost to the calling. So, like anything with your parenting, if you want to be a leader, there is a cost to the fruit. There's hard work at the start of it, and there's a price to pay. And I think sometimes people want a position, but they don't want to pay the price. And uh, there's a cost to, well, number one, there's a cost to living with such an intense leader, because I'm a pretty passive, quiet person. I'm really soft. Nobody said amen to that, so good. (laughs) But I live with a really driven... and I know it's part of our calling together to be a team this way Um, but sometimes I'm tired (laughs) and uh, I always
0: think like I'll I'll sleep in heaven we'll be good there
3: so that's part of the cost for me as a person just my personality Uh, and our priority will always be our girls and our family um, and our relationship with God but we are also responsible for the souls of those that Come into the house here and submit themselves yeah. to us to protect, to pray for, to intercede. And there's nights that we're up praying for people. So it's not just our family mess that we're dealing with, because our family's a mess too, <laughs> as most of you true. know, but we're also dealing with the mess of other people's families. And so there's a weight of that even on our kids, because um, it takes time away from them. Um, we love it. We're grateful for the opportunity to do it, but there is a price to pay. And so for us and also for our kids, um, that's one of the reasons why, in the summer, we really try and take some weeks away just with our girls, that um, we can have that focused, invested time with them because yeah. they're they're like our number one disciples. So yeah. we need to really make that important for us. Um, so yeah, through all the hours of counseling and investing in other people, um, it does it does cost, but there's also a pouring in that happens of the people that we invest into that stay with us and are part of our family, so they pour yeah. into our kids. Yeah. We yeah. see them pouring into our kids' lives, so there's a, there's a high reward and a high return, too. It's not um, all just hard. It's, it, it is incredibly, incredibly rewarding, yeah. um, but it's hard work.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what Venue Church is. not that good? Oh, my goodness, the wisdom in that. That's so good, and that's what Venue Church is. It's a high, it's a high, uh, high calling. It's, it's high impact. It's, it's hard. But high reward too, and isn't that what you want? I mean, I want you to become everything that God wants you to be, and and but there is a cost, and, and uh, so
3: maybe I'll sleep in heaven a little more too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> sleep, no conflict—that'd be awesome. One thing I would say, one thing I would say is um, uh, even about our family is that that um, just so you know what it's sort of like, we don't get any free days. So if something good happens, something bad is always happening at the same time. That takes a lot of like, resilience and you just feel kind of beat up sometimes because something amazing can be happening in your life but then something over here, is, it like, it's always, always comes in pairs and that's hard when you feel like you, know, just like you just can't get your head above water and so you really have to go to the Holy Spirit and stuff. And that, a lot of that falls on, on my wife Erin and Erin is a bleeder and so that, that means like, when things happen and people say stuff, like, it hurts her. And so I'm not really a bleeder that way, so I'm kind of okay. But but with Erin particularly, that's one of the costs that she has to pay as well. And so if you ever say anything, you can say whatever you want to say about me. But if you, I'm coming in your front door. If you ever say anything bad about my wife. <laughs> All right. um, Renee, I am slowly doing my notes because it keeps resetting here. And okay, um, you're in freedom session right now. Yeah. And being a mom. um, Describe that briefly and what's been happening in in your life and in your home lately.
4: Yeah. Freedom session.
0: (laughs) Freedom session. Everybody in freedom session. We're just like past the worst possible week. Freedom
4: session goes like this, like this, and like we're right here. Yeah, that's exactly where we are. But maybe it's like, and then then it's, anyway.
0: (laughs) If you don't know what freedom session is, it's like a systematic cleaning out of your life. So that you can finally be free in every area of your life that God wants you to be free in. And so if, we're going to be signing people up for that in the fall yeah. to have a whole small group system of freedom sessions, so worthwhile, so worthwhile, but but hard, right? So yeah,
4: it is it's so great. I had um, I've done a lot of different things, and I thought I had kind of gotten over my past trauma and things that had happened. Uh, I've processed it a bunch of times. and through freedom session, it really brought it up again and made me realize, no, I haven't. I haven't processed it in the way that mm. that Jesus can help me process it. Right. And That's so it right. it has been amazing. And through that, um, I ended up getting sick. I had pneumonia. I was sick for about a month. And Scott stepped in in our family and just like he just totally took over everything and yeah. was just such a rock awesome. star. And after that, we were able to um, through a lot of the mentorship from Pastor Corey and Pastor Aaron, um, we've really been able to shift. The authority in our family, Um, just just from like a like cut it out and restart. And even though it's hard, it's it's been really really awesome to to submit as a wife for probably the first time in my whole life. Uh, She said the word submit. I I did, I did say that. (laughs) And but to do that in following just a couple who we we just admire so much. We admire their values and their family and their relationship and them going through the hard things too. Like we're all going through the hard things and. And so, it's been, uh, it's been good, bad, good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, well said. Awesome. Um, good, bad, good. The story of my life right there. Um, I was going to ask you, um, how does your church play a role in the lives of your kids and kind of their future, and, and how, does that, how does that look to you? What's your approach uh, about that?
5: Um, so, I find that there's kind of so much vying for our kids' attention and time and stuff. So, we've made church a priority. And I think that by doing that, that it's really going to help them to um, kind of know what their purpose is. And I guess that's all part of their destiny. Um, At Venue Church here, I find that the leadership cares enough about our kids that they've created a culture where our kids really flourish in it. Um, There's a statistic, actually, that Pastor Corey's talked about before, that kids that serve in church are much more likely to stay in church as adults. And it's like an 80%... I think. Get your
0: kids jobs. Get your kids on the dream team. Uh, 80% stay in church just for that. So that's awesome.
5: So because of that, my kids serve in the church. They serve every week, every worship experience. They are so good
0: at what they do. Yeah. So awesome.
5: Um, the other thing I find about just coming to church is they're always kind of validated. They're they're kind of quirky kids. They're introverted. They're, they're the, weird. They're self-proclaimed geeks, is what they we are. We love
0: weird people, online audience. We love weird people.
5: But they're they awesome. they're teenagers they're so awesome. and they know their value because the the leaders here they they show it to them and they they make them important. Um, Alyssa was just saying to me the other day. She says I don't think that we could ever go to any other church. Yeah, Alyssa. I love you. Um, so I thought here I should probably plug NXT <laughs> because probably you want your kids volunteering too. And so NXT is a program that we do here where um, you kind of get to learn about venue culture and then you your kids and you get to learn about who you are and what your giftings are. And then, then you get to learn about serving and where you might fit in in her serving so you should that's probably so join.
0: so the NXT happens here at the theater at 5pm every week where there's four sessions of them. Listen watching our, our kids and you know watching our kids serve in the church so important. They're gonna they're gonna make, uh, they're gonna do in this world like a million times more than we ever did. It's just the way that God wanted it to be that our kids could be better and so that's awesome. Alright, um, back to mom my mom um, you've did I change this question for you? The last Hear one. It
2: and I'll
0: tell you. Well, I was going to ask you. I uh, I said I was going to say you've you've done something I've always loved. You prayed scripture over your children, but I feel like did I change that question? Or I hope not. Okay, that is the question. Um, what mom used to do? I remember her, is that She had a scripture that she would pray for myself, and a scripture she would pray for Ryan. And so uh, I just wanted to ask you about that. And um, uh, such an important thing to pray scripture over your your children—the words of God.
2: Yeah. So that was just. Something that I think the Holy Spirit showed me to do as the, as the boys got older, maybe around seven or eight, and they're, you know they're boys and I'm not, and I, they're just kind of growing away from me, and you know, I could worry, and I thinking about girls and all this you know all this stuff. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to pray instead. And so I asked the Lord to give me a scripture that I could pray for each of the boys, because you know, that's, the most, that's the most powerful way you can pray. you pray God's word well. Yeah. That's powerful. And so he gave me Psalm 1 for Corey, and I learned it in the New King James. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, does not stand in the path of sinners, and does not sit in the seat of the scoffer. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in this law he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he sets his hand to will prosper." So that's the scripture that I prayed for Corey from when he was about eight years old. And then for Ryan, Psalm 84, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And I can testify. If you will pray, ask the Holy Spirit to give you that that scripture that's that's for your child, because God understands individual hearts. He made us individually. He fashions us individually. And he gives you that scripture for your kids and you pray that and I'm, I can say God is fulfilling those scriptures. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Isn't that a good thing to do? This is, this is our last question so you get all the wisdom you can here because we're just about done. That's so good. I was going to make a joke about Ryan's scripture but I still want to now. Jesus wept? I thought that was funny. Too far. Too far. Uh, Nasir what's uh, one disadvantage you've maybe had as a uh, as a mom and why are you not letting it stop you?
1: Okay, so to be completely serious, my main disadvantage is I have very limited culinary skills <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> I can cook okay so actually, what I would say my main disadvantage is is that I'm not naturally parental. I wasn't a, a kid that loved to hold babies at all i wasn't I didn't grow up with um, yeah just I didn't have that inside me, I would say that when I had my kids, I really looked um, to the parents ahead of me in the journey, and people who had parented well, and people who are parenting well, and you can see a lot of them here. And so for me, that's kind of um, covered that disadvantage. Um, It's helped me along in my journey with my kids, and a lot of things that maybe don't come naturally to me, or I wasn't, I would say too, that maybe I wasn't raised learning. Um, I feel like I've been able to cheat from uh take their cheat sheets i suppose and uh learn from them so
0: oh that's good no i love that isn't that smart you can learn it the hard way if you want or you can learn it this way i don't know i think that's brilliant um so erin uh last question for you Uh, how can we pray for you personally and what scripture could we pray over your life don't you want to know you pray for your pastors, we need prayer. Yeah, man. We, need, we need so much prayer. But I thought I would ask this, to, so you would know what to pray for Pastor Aaron.
3: So I kind of had two scriptures, if that's okay. No, it's not okay. The first one is Psalm 119.63. I'm a friend or united to those who fear you, anyone who obeys your commands. So um, just that I would surround myself and have friends that fear God, that look to him, that encourage me that way so that I can be the best mom and the best wife that I can possibly be. Um, and also to protect us as a church because if my friends are those that fear the Lord, they're going to push me to be the best pastor possible as well. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, the other one is one that a friend of mine shared at a parenting thing, Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And I remember what it was like to be Nasia and to feel like...
0: To actually be nasty? To actually
3: be nasty. No, but to feel crazy and to have no sleep and to just wonder if I was ever going to be able to do this and make it through. I remember those days.
0: She used to say, she used to say I just can't do this anymore. I'm like, it's too late to send it back. <laughs> like, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, yeah. That was you laughing into the mic.
3: <laughs> it's true. I said that a lot. I'm a super mercy-motivated person. I really like, felt oh. that way. Like, I cannot do this. I felt so inferior as a mom. But um, my kids are in a very different stage now. And I want to number the days. I, I think Arwen only has 833 days left with us until she turns 18.
0: She can still live at home.
3: She can still live at home, and that would be wonderful because she's amazing. But Not for, like, everyone. Um what my friend did is she had, all, she had four kids as well, and she had these marble jars of how many weeks she had left with each of her kids, and each week she'd take wow. one out just as a visual to show you how you need to make the most of your time with your kids because your kids are your disciples. And though it feels like it's forever, and though it feels like... I've heard it say that um, when, you have, when you get married, it shows you how selfish you are, and then when you have kids, it shows you how angry you are. So sometimes you just feel so... <laughs> Sometimes you just feel so angry and you feel like you're failing, but um, you have such an opportunity to invest in the kids that God gave you. And if you're not a mom, but you are a woman, you have an opportunity to invest in the lives around you to pour into those lives as well. So teach me to number of my days that I might gain wisdom.
0: So good. Wow. I like the angry part. That was something. Uh, Renee, um, if you could say one thing to each child about their future, what, it would, what would it be?
4: I feel like it's for for every child in the auditorium and every child in general is that you are all amazing and you were filled with amazing you were created amazing exactly as you are right now is amazing and the number one thing to focus on I feel like is just the joyful to have a joyful heart to to have a just a beautiful attitude and step forward and know that that uh, that what you can do to help is just such a huge help and the people around you appreciate you and love you so so much yeah. so
0: yeah. yeah awesome alright last question last question of the day if you could say one thing Crystal to every woman today what would it be Crystal is a massive encourager if you need encouragement in your life hang around Crystal but I wanted to ask her this just for every, every woman here every woman listening online uh, if you could say one thing to every woman what would you say
5: so this was kind of hard because I have a thousand things I'd like to say but um, I think at the end of it I would hope and I would encourage you to spend time getting to know Jesus, because I just feel like He's the ultimate encourager. I can say what I say, but um, if you know Him, He loves you. He loves you extravagantly, and He values you. He created you. Um, he sees your fears and he, your concerns, your struggles, and He wants to, you know, walk through those things with you. Um, I was kind of thinking, you know, it's easy for me to say that, but how how do you actually do that? <laughs> and so a lot of us here, um, we have. We have an app for that, actually.
0: (laughs) I feel like she's, like, super plugging venue culture right now, but this is what she does. She just encourages you to, like, hey, smack, do the right thing, you know? But it's nice. It feels good. So this is good. Tell us about it.
5: So there's a free app on your phone, the YouVersion Bible app, and a a lot of us use it to do the daily devotions, and you can do them interactive with friends and stuff, which is cool because then um, you're kind of staying connected during the week. And you can actually just you know type in a topic so you know type in um how to get to know jesus and a bunch of devotionals will come up and it's a, just a really good start to i don't know getting to know him i guess
0: oh so good come on give it up for everybody up here
5: what i want to do
0: right now is i just want to praise and uh, just pray and close this part we have one more media clip and then we're gonna uh, sing fierce again and so um so, I just want to pray for every person. Just everybody, just every, uh, let's just bow our heads and, and close our eyes. Heavenly Father, what we want to do right now is we want to support your work in the life of every woman here, Father, and every little girl. And, and Father, what we're asking for is that they would rise up to be mighty, that they would rise up to be fierce and, and everything that you have called them to be. And, and no matter what disadvantages, Father, what I'm asking for is that every person here, by the time they leave, that, that we would understand about ourselves that we're only lonely if we want to be. You said in your word that those who isolate themselves seek their own desires. And I know that life and pain and, and our situation and loss can tend to isolate us. Uh, but Father, I pray that they would be fierce and they would rise up. Every woman would rise up and seek that validation from you, Heavenly Father, and then to start putting themselves together with encouragers and with people who are who have bruised shoulders because they're pushing people forward into their destiny. And I pray, Heavenly Father, we would surround ourselves and we would step out and take the risk and surround ourselves with people who are, who are uh, God followers and God chasers and that they would be pushing us uh, to become better people and to help more people. And I pray, Heavenly Father, we would... Every person here this week, whether we're a mom or not, that every person here would, would help a mother this week and honor a mom this week and that we would take it upon ourselves. This is our responsibility as people, that we would reach out and, and help and pray for, um, pray for people who are raising uh, children, but pray for every woman. Father, we particularly want every woman to reach their destiny in Christ today. We love how you love your daughters. May we treat women like they are your daughters. In Jesus' name, amen.